Hey gang, welcome back to Voices in My Head. Just a couple of quick housekeeping things before we start. I hope you've been enjoying Voices in My Head and all the guests that we've been having week after week on this podcast. And if you are, would you please go to iTunes and leave us a podcast review for this podcast. It helps us to gain visibility, it helps us to get more listeners, and it helps me to know what kind of shows you've been enjoying and what you'd like to hear more of. Secondly, if you're able to help out at all in the way of sponsorship, you can go to rickleejames.com or voicesinmyheadpodcast.com, click on the tip jar and sponsorship link, and you can find out there how to give to this podcast. Uh, And I don't like to just ask for something for nothing. So since it costs roughly $11 a show in order to produce this podcast, if you donate $11 or more, I'm going to send you a way to get 11 free songs that I've never before released. 11 free tracks anyway. Some of them are songs I've released, but these are like live recordings and some of them are unreleased songs. Some of them are things that pertain specifically to the podcast you can't get anywhere else. They're not on CDs, they're not on iTunes, they're not on the internet anywhere except with this code that I'm going to give you. So if you donate $11 or more, you get 11 tracks. So just my way of saying thank you and I hope you'll be able to support us. Now with that being out of the way, I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here at Voices in My Head. Live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick James and you're listening to Voices in My Head. If you hear this voice today, do not turn in the window. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. This is episode number 51. I am your host, Rick Lee James, and I want to wish you all a happy Advent. I know most people are saying Merry Christmas, but for Christians on our calendar, uh, Christmas doesn't start until December 25th. So I'm wishing you Advent in this season of Advent right now, which goes until December 25th. And just a little uh, lesson for you, those of you that may not know, from the 25th, we go into the 12 days of the season of Christmas. Very interesting stuff, huh? Well, uh, in honor of Advent, I wanted to start this week a little different than I do sometimes. I'm going to play for you the Advent hymn that I wrote. It's called. It's actually called Advent Hymn, Watching, Waiting, Longing. I wrote it with Ted Rastatter, and I recorded it with my friend Brandon Hancock, who has been a friend of this show and a guest in the past. I hope you enjoy it, and I wish you a happy Advent as we begin the show today. child to save us, light for all to see. Helpless baby, mighty Savior, holy mystery. Unto us a son is Our agony, 
Waiting, longing. I'm very honored that several churches have been using that as uh, a song in their worship services this year. So I'm very grateful that, uh, that that you've allowed that song to be a part of your Advent season celebration. And uh, want to let you know you can get sheet music for that absolutely free on my website. Just go to rickleyjames.com, look in the music section, and uh, under that there should be a tab that says sheet music. And you can also, uh, I believe, for the next few days get that song as a uh, download on noise trade and you can leave a tip for it if you like i'd appreciate that it is christmas time and uh, i do appreciate any tip you might want to give um but you can also uh, go to my website rickleyjames.com find out how to get it there um it's a great episode today we've got a friend of mine a new friend actually uh, an artist that i just love his music and i think he is uh, one of the great songwriters of our day really sort of a modern-day Rich Mullins, and uh, I, I really, at least in my mind, and uh, he's a very honest, very courageous songwriter. He would not call himself courageous, but I think he is. Uh, he, he is not ashamed to talk about the truth in his song, and so uh, Eric Peters is my guest today on the show. We're going to hear from him in a conversation I had with him uh, in just a few minutes from now, but first we're going to get into that weekly segment that we do called Question of the Week, and then I have something really, really funny that I think you're going to enjoy I'm going to share with you after that, but first, before we get to the funny, in honor of Eric Peters' album, which is called Birds of Relocation, and guys, it is a fantastic album. Uh, since his album's called Birds of Relocation, this week's question of the week, well, you're going to hear. It's kind of my little tribute to that album. Question of the week, question of the week is, if you could eat like a bird, sing like a bird, or fly like a bird, which would you do? 
and why? And we had uh, multiple answers this week on Question of the Week. And uh, the first answer was actually from my father, Randy Lee James. He, he answered like in record time. I think I had just put it up, and within a few minutes I had this answer. But he says, no doubt about it, I'd fly like a bird. I've been envious of Superman too long not to give it a try if I had the opportunity. Ryan Hammond says... Fly like a bird, because then I would be able to be safe in an earthquake. I would be able to get perfect panoramic views. Matthew Cole says, I'm I'm here staring at a bird in a tree. I love that song by The Waiting. As cool as it would be to fly like a bird, I would go with Eat Like a Bird. To have this lack of worry about the next meal, just to trust that all would be okay and to live worry-free. I could be a penguin. <laughs> Good answer. Alvin Tenney says, I want to sing like a bird, because I can only sing in the shower. I can't carry a tune or remember all the words, so when I sing in the shower, I can sing, and it doesn't matter if I'm off-key, don't know the words, and don't know the words. Uh, and Kate Barrett says, I'd love to fly like an eagle, soaring on the air currents. And uh, thank you, everyone. Dad, Ryan, Matthew, Alvin, Kate, I appreciate you answering this week. I think if I had to choose, I'd probably say fly like a bird. Maybe sing like a bird, but um, I think probably fly because the Superman thing for me too. You know, I've been too big of a fan for too long, but I am a little bit scared of heights, so I don't know. Well, that was Question of the Week for this week. Thank you for answering in. As always, you can answer at rickleyjames.com or on the Facebook page at Voices in My Head, the Rickley James Podcast. Or you can go to our phone-in line and leave a message answering the question at 937-505-0162, and we will play your audio answer on the show. So thank you again for listening and for playing Question of the Week. Question of the Week. Well, I heard something that uh, just this very day really made me laugh, and uh, it is a phone call that I'm going to share with you, actually. It was not my phone call. It's one that you can find on the Internet now. I guess it kind of went viral. Maybe you have already heard this, but it was new to me, and I about laughed my head off. Uh, I, I literally was <laughs> I couldn't catch my breath. I was laughing so much. What this is is apparently a phone call from a truck driver. It's about three minutes long. Um, who was calling into work to, I guess, let his supervisor know where he was. Uh, he, and while he was doing that, a wreck happened in front of him, and a series of hilarious events happened, and he just kind of gives a play-by-play as it's going on. So I'm going to play this uh, funny phone call for you here, uh, just because I, it, you, maybe you need a laugh as much as I did today. Um, I about had to pull my car over uh, I, I, when I heard this today, and... Um, well, just enjoy. I'm going to let it speak for itself. Hey, Mark. Excuse me. I'm on my way to 3768. Kind of got hung up. It's raining out here. I'm on my way into Dallas. Uh, Jerry's probably going to be calling you to find out uh, where I'm at if he can't get a hold of me, I'm sure. So, uh, thought, whoa, whoa. Man, I just had a wreck right in front of me. This guy ran a red light and hit uh, hit four old ladies in a in an Impala. Just kind of clipped them and turned them around right in front of me. Man, that was close. Oh, now this guy's getting out of his car. He's got a, he's got a white shirt on with a tie and a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. He's throwing his hands up in the air like he, like, like it was their fault. Oh, hold on, hold on. He's going over their window. She's rolling down the window. Oh man, she, I think she sprayed him with pepper spray, man. He's holding his, he's holding his face and he's on his knee. She's getting out, she's beating him with an umbrella. <laughs> the other women are getting out too. <laughs> ah, there's one woman with a little black person. She's kind of hawking him, man. She looks, she looks like a Sunbelt 20, 20 horsepower jackhammer. Blah, blah, blah. She, we got another woman that's <laughs> she's hitting him like, like he's got a cattle prod, man. She's got a, she's got an umbrella. She's sticking it in his side. Oh, there's another one. That, it's a little woman. <laughs> Looks like Mother Goose. <laughs> she's got. Oh, she beat him. She beat him. She's got this new big bag. <laughs> she's got. Oh, she beat him. She beat him. She's got this new big bag. It's huge. It's about the size of her. She's about four foot nothing. She hit him over the head. Everything went all over the place. Her Bible fell. She just hit him in the head. 
he lifted it way over her head. It was, it was a hardback NBI version. <laughs> oh, they still beat the hell out of this guy. Uh, she picked his Bible up and raised it up above her head and just beamed the guy. This guy's not getting up. Uh, they're still, oh, God, they're still hitting him. The one with the little black person is still, all oh, pieces of <laughs> uh, Oh, okay, he's up on the car. Oh. <laughs> the, the little woman just beating him again with that big bag. Uh, he, he, he's running to his car. He's out of here. <laughs> favorite part is uh, the the mother goose woman or whoever it was that's hitting him with an NVI Bible. And I, I think he meant NIV. But man, I, I don't know. I hope you needed to laugh as much as I did. That just cracked me up whenever I heard it. So uh, enjoy. I guess that's kind of my Merry Christmas present to you if you haven't heard that before. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Well, to switch gears a little bit, uh, there's a lot on this episode today, and I'm going to get to share some more great music with you, uh, not by me, but by my new friend Eric Peters. Uh, Eric is an amazing songwriter. The song I'm about to play for you is off of his album, Chrome, uh, and then later on we're going to hear another track off of his new album, Birds of Relocation. Uh, I picked this song because it personally spoke to me in such a huge way. When I started this podcast about a year ago, um, I had talked a little bit about kind of a crisis of faith that I had been through in my life, and um, I wrote about it on my blog about how uh, there was time that I questioned God and uh, went through some real trials and, and, you know, really let God have it and uh, was just honest, completely honest. And there are those moments when uh, we have to be honest with God. I mean, God wants us to be honest all the time, but there are times that I truly believe God would much rather have an honest curse than a dishonest praise unto him. And if what we're going through requires us to just, with deep honesty, even shout at God and, and tell Him we're upset with Him and uh, what God desires is truth in the inmost places, those things don't hurt our Lord, I don't believe. I believe His shoulders are big enough and strong enough to shoulder those, and maybe only He can. Um, so I, I want to share this song with you because it speaks so much to me about times in my life when I have needed to speak this way to God and be reminded of um, the God who's big enough to shoulder what we can force at him. So this is a song called I Had to Tell You by the great Eric Peters. And I, I really do encourage all of you to go buy his music. There are some sales at his w website right now that you can get um, for Christmas time. And uh, it's really something, maybe you have someone in your life, maybe it's a family member, um, that's just going through some things and needs to hear some music to kind of uplift and, and pull through, um, you can go to uh, ericpeters.net. And when you go to ericpeters.net, I believe they are running some Christmas sales right now. They've got uh, not only music, but shirts, some of Eric's artwork you can buy, but ericpeters.net. Uh, well, enough of my blabbing for right now. I want you to actually get to experience Eric Peters' music. And here's his song from the album Chrome, I Had to Tell You. I've had chains wrapped around me for the last seven years. I crowned myself Messiah since Messiah was not near. I shook my fist at heaven I told God to go to hell There was so much that I had to say But I'd kept it to myself I had to tell you how I 
My guest today is Eric Peters, a singer-songwriter who is quickly becoming one of my favorites. Jason Gray has said about Eric that Eric doesn't write songs as much as he opens up a vein and bleeds them. That's why his songs feel more like a transfusion than anything else. His music is most meaningful, I think, to those who have lost some blood of their own. To them, his songs are life-giving and life-saving. And uh, I have to agree completely because the more that I hear your music, I'm, I'm a fairly new fan of your music, but I think it's, uh, it's fantastic, and I think Jason's description is one of the best. So thank you, and welcome to Voices in My Head today, Eric. Thanks a lot, Rick and Jason. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, Jason was uh, was a guest on the show a while back, and I was like, well, that would be appropriate because I know you guys are friends, and just kind of have him say something about you. And I, you know how he is with words. I can't say it better than he can. So <laughs> <laughs> he's a nice dude. Well, uh, Eric Peters, it really is a fantastic artist. I had the opportunity to see him just a few weeks ago with my friend Andrew Osanga, who's also a friend of the podcast. And uh, they were on the Leonard the Lonely Astronaut Tour, and they were on the Cincinnati stretch, so it wasn't too far away from me. And uh, I have quickly become an Eric Peters fan. And uh, so today, since you're the guest on the podcast, you get to have the question of the week. And Eric's latest album is called Birds of Relocation. And so the question of the week for you this week, Eric, is if you could eat like a bird, sing like a bird, or fly like a bird, which would you choose? Oh, of those three? Of those three, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's see, eat, sing, or fly? Yep. Uh, I'm afraid of heights, so as much as flying looks awesome, I, I don't know that I would be good at it. Um, let's see, uh, 
sing. I'd probably want to sing like a bird. It's I don't know of anybody that hears a songbird and uh, doesn't enjoy it. That's probably a good answer because if you ate like a bird, then you'd have to eat worms and stuff, and you know that would yeah. be. Yeah, or I'd be super, super frail and thin, I guess. I, I guess, or you might have to, you might have to feed your children by regurgitation, and nobody wants that. So that, that would be, be <laughs> that would be most unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty awful. So, uh, well, that's our our bird question, and I thought I would ask you a second question, and you're special because I don't usually do two questions of the week, but I I had a feeling you might have. Uh, one or two good stories and you might need a minute to think about this but um i had another question because i was thinking i i'm an artist and i'm independent and i travel around and i've had some really good gigs and i've had some really bad ones throughout the years and and uh and they they, they thankfully have have evened out and so i always like to ask artists a question kind of about that so i was wondering do you have any good stories about maybe the best gig you've ever played and then maybe one about maybe the worst one you've ever played? Oh, man. Um, there have been plenty of really good ones, really great ones. Um, <clears throat> I think um, being asked by Andrew Peterson to to join him on his Behold the Lamb Christmas tour and to sing on the Ryman stage, it's pretty special. Um I've had uh, some some solo shows um, that uh, where I played for uh, various recovery groups mm-hmm. that have been super special to me, uh, just because uh, I feel like a, a, a genuine connection uh, was made uh, with this group of folks that you know are hurting and healing and 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 just. Uh, they're super humble people because they know how screwed up they are. Um, so those have been some really special shows for me because yeah. uh, I feel like uh, it's, it's a rare thing to feel like you're at home uh, with an audience. And I think at least it is for me. Yeah. Uh, but man, I felt at home with those folks. I felt like I was in my uh, among uh, just uh, peers in a way. Um, so those are special. I think, um, gosh, ru- you know, awful shows. There's, you know, there's several of those too. Thankfully, I think hopefully those are. I, I remember more of them in the early days of my career than I do lately, uh, which is really good. Yeah, <laughs> the shows are getting better and um, right. a little bit more at home with myself. I, I remember playing uh, a couple of them come to mind. One is. Uh, I won't name cities, but one was uh, a coffee shop years ago. My wife used to travel with me, and nobody at all cared that I was there. And directly, and you know, it's a coffee shop for one, so people, you know, the the in, the ambiance is, the environment is very loud. Right, you know, goes on in the coffee shop. But uh, I remember a table directly in front of me on the in front of the stage. There was a couple of people playing a really loud game of. Sc- Babble, which uh, <laughs> was really distracting and really disturbing to me. That uh, it was just so sort of humiliating. Um, even though I love words and Scrabble, it just it was just sort of defeating. Right. Another show was uh, I played to an audience of zero, uh, except for the the coffee shop owner and <laughs> the, his assistant or whatever. The, uh, the audience was there was no audience. Yeah. I, uh, the man, the owner had uh, required that I uh, tell him my testimony to prove that I was a Christian beforehand, <laughs> and to play in front of zero people. So that was, uh, I was very ready to get out of that place. Wow, that's you know it's funny because I can I can relate on both of those levels. Actually, um, my one of my top ones was when I was in high school. I got to play at the Ryman Auditorium, and uh, I was like, wow, that's. You know, it's kind of hard when you're starting out music there to go any higher because <laughs> yeah. it's like great. But I had some friends and I got to play along with some people. But I can remember as well, you talk about playing a gig for nobody. One time I was, uh, it was a fundraiser actually for uh, sort of a thing here in our city um, to raise money for the homeless in the area. And they set up a tent in the parking lot 
of a Methodist church here in town, and these this tornado type condition just happened. It was just <laughs> unbelievable, and it was it wasn't quite tornado, but it was bad. And and uh, I ended up being the only one inside the tent that day, and I'd set up all my stuff, and and the promoter said, "Well, go ahead and play," <laughs> and, then, oh, and then he left. <laughs> that's, that's painful, dude. I've, I. I understand. Those are those are great and humbling, and boy, they make you appreciate later on. So, well, yes, well, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing those stories. Those are. I think it's always fun to to kind of think about those things and and think you know back and then see where you've been and just how God moves and helps us in those times. But uh, I really want to talk about your music today. And like I said pre a minute ago, I'm a fairly new. Uh, fan of your music, but I'm I think I'm going to be a lifelong devotee. I mean, now that I've found it, um, there is there is some ways that you can turn a phrase that honestly I'm I'm not just trying to um, you know like tout you up or whatever, but honestly there's some ways that remind me um, and have moved me in ways that maybe I haven't heard since I first started listening to Rich Mullins years ago. You know, and so I really um, just appreciate the way that you bring words out you're such a good lyricist and i appreciate that so much thank you let's uh let's talk a little bit because i want to talk about birds of relocation um it's one of those albums that uh it's it's a a rare thing that i will sit down when i first get an album and just start to finish play it all without stopping and uh, and i did that last week when i first heard it and, it and i just i loved it i thought it was a, an amazing album uh, hmm. but i feel like before we can get to that maybe we could talk a little bit about chrome your album just prior to that because i feel like there's a journey that maybe took place that maybe even changed you as a person in some ways uh between between chrome and there so um maybe you can tell us a little bit about the record chrome and and maybe even that title cut yeah, Rick, you still there? Yeah, I am. Uh-huh. Sorry, I, I screwed up. Nope. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank thank you for asking, and thanks for gosh, thanks for paying attention so closely. Uh, because yes, you you're not imagining a story there. Um, Chrome was uh, Chrome was released in 2009. Birds, you know, was released this year. Um, Chrome was written in the middle of basically what was a really dark time in my life and you can you know you obviously have your ears to have heard that and noticed that um it's you know it's a darker record uh it's a lot of sadness uh in there that um came out of some just a rough you know i you know you hear the the word the uh, kind of a dark night of the soul uh and um and that was sort of my experience uh you know i'm in my I was in my late 30s at that point, and uh, I'm 40 now. But uh, it was, you know, just sort of culmination of career disappointment, um, just some 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 stuff happening with friends. Uh, my father-in-law passed away hmm. on Labor Day of uh, 2008, uh, and just sort of this. It was just a a really I mean, I just kind of piled on after piled on just junk, Mm -hmm. which just I and I and sort of my I tend to be an Eeyore anyway, sort of a (laughs) half glass empty sort of a guy. I just always sort of struggle with uh, kind of hovering in in darkness in in a way and shrinking away and that stuff. And so all this stuff that was going on and uh, and I would just uh, all just fed to this. Uh, sort of despair in a way and just uh, this really dark depression uh, place that I, I sort of found myself in and I, it was uh, I, it's some summer of uh, 2010 I kind of sort of reached the bottom I think or at least I hope it was the bottom uh, just this gen- I think this uh, real feeling of uh, I you know w- w- outside of my you know, basically, what have I done with my life? Kind sure. of, course. you know, I, I have, I've done nothing with my life. I'm a failure uh, at music and uh, anything sort of I put my hand to is what I felt like, and just felt, you know, aside from my wife and my boys, we have two little kids. Uh, that I, I, it wouldn't matter if I was gone from the earth, uh, and so that was sort of the dark low point. And uh, I came home from that summer. 
and I started getting counseling, um, which was uh, one of the best things I ever did, just to talk through things and also to get on some medication uh, and just to sort of um, connect the, the wires in my brain that were not connecting, uh, that were broken. Um, and, uh, and so through that, um, and just knowing, I think seeing my friends and how they kind of, uh, came around me and sort of kind of dragged me, pulled me through this time and my wife, um, and her, um, care for me, um, were just, uh, just, uh, very big in my life and sort of seeing through that, um, I think being able to think more clearly about God and uh, who I am and uh, just realizing his faithfulness to me during that time mm-hmm. led to um, the songs that became the album Birds of Relocation. It's very much, an, you know, to go from Chrome, this uh, pretty dark uh, season, uh, this sort of dark canvas uh, of that record. Which I love that album, by the way. I'm not dismissing the record. I love it. Um, But just the idea that uh, what was lost can be found and what uh, what is darkness uh, in our eyes. With God, there is no darkness, as Psalm 139 says. uh, No darkness. Um, And just to know that, uh, to see his uh, kind of being with me through all of that and that he did not give up on me. Uh, it was sort of a, a season of, you know, I'm, I'd lived all my life good at living in fear, you know, afraid of trying new things, and afraid of being afraid, you know, and just, mm-hmm. uh, it was this time where I kind of said, you know, uh, I don't have forever to live, uh, but I'm not going to live it and being afraid of, of whatever. Uh, so for me, paint, take, I took up painting, mm. Artistic painting was uh, creative painting, I guess, uh, which is just uh, therapeutic for me. And just songs that came out of that time were about being found and coming back into light. And the idea of relocating um, uh, to to move forward, uh, to move out of darkness and onto sort of brighter boughs. Sure. Well, I, I, I really appreciate, you know, I feel like people ought to listen to the two albums together. I mean, I, and that's kind of how I do it, <laughs> because I do feel like it's it's this progressive journey um, from one place to another. And I have to tell you, one of the songs that, actually it's two songs in a row, they're back-to-back on Chrome, that have meant so much to me is I Had to Tell You, and then following that up with Come Back a Fool. I think that was a brilliant choice to put those together, for one thing. Um, but I, I can relate, maybe... All of us can relate because uh, I had to tell you is such a brave song to write and just to be honest, you know, about the times when we tell God to go to hell, you know, because of just where we are. And um, I mean, I can relate in my own life um, you know, having that exact same experience and even even praying that way at times. You know, years ago, I went through a painful divorce and I uh, just felt like the world was falling apart and I was in ministry and I was, you know, I just feel like everything was crashing down. And uh, I can so appreciate the honesty that comes out in Chrome. And uh, that song I had to tell you is amazing. I've just I've listened to. I don't know if you can wear out an MP3, but I've probably just about worn <laughs> out the MP3. <laughs> um, but it, really, really very solid stuff. And so I feel like if listeners get a chance to hear that album and then come into this Birds of, of Relocation album, I really feel like they're going to just hear this amazing journey that goes all through. But um, I. What I don't know exactly how to phrase this other than, um, you know, what helps you to be – now, that's not a good way to ask it. I guess I want to ask about the honesty in that song. And uh, it's so rare in someone especially that calls himself a believer to to have lyrics that are kind of that raw, you know, when it comes to God. And um, I've had people even tell me before, how dare you talk to God that way or whatever. And just what what are your thoughts on that, about that honesty and that transparency and maybe how that's part of the healing process? I, I don't know any other way to write. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I'm uh, I'm super super sensitive and super cautious uh, about uh, 
um, fluff, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's going to sound arrogant. Um, but what I mean is, I, I just don't I don't relate at all to this vertical songwriting that I think happens that uh, everything is always wonderful because I have Jesus. Uh, I have been completely cured and healed, and therefore. Um, Everything's great and golden, and I just don't relate to that at all. And I suspect, as I've heard from people and written over the years, uh, I suspect that not everybody relates to that also either. Yeah. Um, and so this, the, the way I write is the only way I know how to write. Um, I, you know, it, I, I understand that, you know, a song like I Had to Tell You um, would be misunderstood. Um and I don't. I wouldn't call it brave, but I, you know, it is what it is. It's right. being honest, um, and I. I just think that there, you know, there are other people that understand that and empathize with that, and and really deal with that, and feel guilty and ashamed of admitting that they've had those thoughts. And I think there's plenty of people out there that to do that. Uh, but unfortunately, in the church, um, I think that's, uh, you know, it's. It's um, it's taboo. It's not acceptable mm-hmm. uh, thought process or behavior, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't I, I don't see it as bravery. I just see it as this is this is my voice, uh, and these are very real uh, thoughts that I have. Um, and this is sort of my own little uh, cathartic therapy is is to write these songs out and to and just to get them out because uh, otherwise uh, we'd go berserk, you know. Definitely. Well, and I, I think that's a real problem in our church today. And I, I actually just finished uh, doing a live album that is is all psalms. And I just went to the psalms and I actually call uh, – it's not quite out yet, but I'm calling it basement psalms because mm. about 60% of the psalms really are these oh, yeah. honest laments that are oh, just shoot. crying there's out. Some dark, there's some dark – stuff in there and I, that's what I that's what I love about the Psalms is David you know uh, who wrote most of them just so authentic mm-hmm. you know his faith and I just it surprises me that that doesn't resonate more with the church but I yeah. totally hear you yeah well and I, I think it's part of the I don't know why we've been so scared of being that honest um, for some time I think it's freeing when we are able to just express um, you know what what the real fact is, but but even somehow to push through it and say, yet even so, still I praise him doesn't mean that everything is all bright and cheery and sunny too. And so, um, you know, may may your tribe increase as far as honest writing goes in in the church because mm-hmm. I just think we need that kind of freedom of art and expression, and it is healing. And um, well, and and speaking of that, I I feel like maybe. Um, at least it sounds like some healing has taken place <laughs> in the midst of going into like birds of relocation and uh, such a yeah. great album. And uh, I'd love for you to talk some about that, but I specifically want to mention one of my favorite songs. And, and since this is uh, the voices in my head podcast, I had to talk <laughs> about the song voices, you know, and, and I even thought I ought to just play that segment that says, listen to the voices, you know, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, when I hear that song, and I and I think I'm I'm getting what the song means, I always have this feeling as somebody who's creative and writes. I I always have this feeling in the back of my head somewhere that's telling me you're not a real writer, you're not a real you know singer, you're not a real artist, you're not a real you know everybody's gonna find you out one of these days, and you're just that you're just playing and pretending, you know, and you're not worthy of it or something. But I kind of feel like that's something you were dealing with in in the writing of the song Voices, of kind of listening to other voices and how we need to be brought back to the the voices of the saints and angels, so to speak. Yes. Oh yeah, you're you're hitting it right on the on the head. Um, I, as I alluded to earlier, I mean, I you know, from early. From an early age, I've always had sort of dealt with low, low self-esteem, and I don't necessarily know where that comes from, but um, but just uh, really struggled to believe anything good about myself. Um, really, uh, you know, 
because I wrestle with my faith quite a bit, you know, uh, like we're talking, like we were just talking about, uh, that I feel really, I, I didn't know how that fit within the, you know, sort of the, the, uh, the church as sure. far as, you know, the, the, you know, everything has to have its place and a person who, who struggles in their faith and, you know, really grapples with doubt, um, you sort of feel like a, an outsider and definitely a weirdo um, because you don't feel like that's normal. Hmm. Um, but I think everybody does. They just don't – they're afraid to admit it, I think. Yeah. Um, um, so the voices. Um, yeah, so these I, – I, you're talking about, you know uh, – you know, believing yourself to be a fraud and a phony gosh man i i mean there's not a day goes by i don't think that i don't think that um mm. uh as a as a songwriter as a you know a, especially as a songwriter you know, a, a writer an essayist um that i you know i keep waiting you know i, I sort of in the back of my brain I, as i'm writing i keep or put out another record i fully expect somebody to sort of find me out and you know to call me out and say you don't know what you're doing you're you're an idiot you know Mm. you're such a fake uh and so that's sort of this theme that has carried through all of my career as a as an artist um but i talked about uh, earlier about getting counseling and started doing that and Mm -hmm. just to you know an, an unbiased individual uh who who's this great man here in town but in nashville but um we were talking about these voices and these these things that they uh these that they tell me despicable things that they tell me and that i believe about myself that i am worthless. nobody would notice if i was gone from the earth nobody would care hmm. my friends don't miss me when i walk out of the room or or nobody notices me when i walk into a room um you know, everything I've done, everything I've written is just tripe, you know, or which it has no place. Nobody can relate. I mean, all these, you know, things, these awful things that, you know, uh, it would be, you know, would be criminal and abuse, you know, would be verbal abuse if it was an actual person. Right. But I listen to those things and those voices and I give them credence and I listen to them and by... And, and by listening to them, my counselor noted noticed that I, by by doing that, by listening, I, I'm actually choosing to love them and to sort of draw draw them near and to pull them closer and to sort of mistake them at times for the actual voice of the spirit or voice of yeah. God that uh, that that I'm a failure and just a you know a, a total uh, wannabe um, and these lies basically. And so uh, my counselor, um, who helped me, you know, listen to the voice, made me listen to the voices of my friends and my family. You know, they would, though they may tell me, uh, affirm me that I would immediately discredit them. You know, it's like yeah. I'll be nice. You know, they don't mean that. Uh, so he he challenged me. He gave me a writing assignment while we we're talking about this: is to write a song about those voices that I hear in my head. And I'm so um honored that uh, lots of people have resonated with those lyrics in that oh, song. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things again that the church doesn't talk about uh or it's afraid to uh, for fear a sort of uh bursting a bubble. I don't really know how to put it, but uh sure. it's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, the church isn't willing to talk about those things. And um, and I don't know why, you know, it, it always seems like we're so willing to listen to those negative voices. And I, it's like everything you've just said, I could, I could be like, yeah, amen, you know, preach it <laughs> when you say that. But um, as someone who's, you know, I, I lead worship um, part of the time at my church, and uh, I can, you know, I can get 
um, 20 encouraging comments from people, you know, to just be like, man, that was, you know, thank you so much for leading us. We really appreciate you. All you're doing is wonderful. And I'll get one negative comment from somebody about, you know, well, your, your guitar didn't sound right today or something. And oh, for, and for a month, for a month, I'll dwell on that one negative <laughs> thing, you know. And I don't know why it is we do that because that's certainly not the voice of God, you know, um, in, in our lives. But, uh, I, I can so relate and so appreciate that song and, uh, and the way you've done that. But, um, well, I want to, I want to talk about some of your other music and maybe give you a chance just to, to point out some of your favorites on the album. I'm, I'm really a big fan of Don't Hold Your Breath. And, uh, I want to get your, um, it's very rare that I get to have the artist and ask him about the writing of the lyric. But I'm curious about the line in that song um, when you say it's been a long time since I've kept my word, a long time since the flooded earth. And uh, I'm I'm just curious about kind of the root and maybe the kind of the meaning of the, the flooded earth line in that song because it's really – it flows well. But I'd love to hear your take on it. Yeah, I, I have to give background on this song. Um, the, uh, a film student at Florida State approached me uh, – two or three years ago, he was writing, he had heard me at, uh, play music years prior when he was in high school at a camp, a young, young life camp. And, uh, he was working on his final, uh, sort of his master's thesis project, which was a short eight minute film that he had to do. Hmm. And he needed a song, sort of a soundtrack to go with it. And the, the story, uh, is that, uh, is sort of a true story of his pastor in Florida who, uh, after a certain hurricane came through, uh, his his backyard was flooded uh, up into and it flooded from a, uh, a, a protected wetland that was nearby. And so the, this pastor woke up on a Sunday morning, about to you know about to go to church and and preach or, or give his sermon, and uh, he found wildlife. There was these wildlife agents in his backyard taking water samples and all of these you know these these guys. And he you know went back there and was sort of asking what's going on and why are you on my property and and they basically told him that your backyard is not yours anymore it's ours because it's now part of protected wetland hmm. wow <laughs> so that's fascinating i mean he was you know furious and uh just sort of irate at the idea that they could do that and, and it just sort of that that was a little bit of back of the background that this man's his world had sort of flooded you know and he was missing uh this this side story of his daughter uh, asking genuine, seriously uh, inquisitive questions about, you know, her uh, faith in, in Jesus at that very same time. But he was so uh, so obsessed with this uh, his flooded backyard that he was missing the story with his daughter. Wow. Thing going on. So that's the background of that song. Hmm. Uh, and the idea that um, the flooded earth just sort of, you know, that... Uh, it's been a long time since I kept my word is uh, basically that I, I'm, you know, I'm a liar. I'm a, you know, I'm a, you know, I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm a, a fallible man. Um, and the idea of the flooded earth, just that, um, um, uh, <clears throat> that, um, everything sort of washed away, hmm. uh, and sort of um, just you know, covered, I guess. Yeah. Um. So that was the, the imagery of yeah, of, at least in my mind. So. Well, that's good. It's it it is great imagery. That's it's one of the it's one of my favorite tracks on the album. I, I'd have a hard time probably picking out a favorite uh, on that because it really is some some solid writing and some great melodies, and I, I just feel like you've done such a good job with that and. Um, and uh, in, in, in no small part either, I'm sure, to a wonderful producer, Ben Shive. I believe he produced this album for you as well. Is that right? Yeah, Ben produced the record. Uh, actually, that one song, Hold Your Breath, uh, Andy Osinga produced that song. Oh, wow. See, yeah. I love so it. So equally just super talented, wonderful people. Amazing. 
Well, um, I want to be conscious of your time, and I want to, man, I could talk all day about your album. I'm actually going to play a track, if that's all right with you, on the podcast um, later on the show. Uh, But we do have a couple questions, and this is a perfect segue because Andy Osenga actually wrote something in. um, (laughs) Being being the clown that he is, Uh, (laughs) uh, when we wrote up uh, for questions this morning, he was the first to reply. Oh dear! Uh, and I asked if anybody had any questions for Eric Peters, and his was three questions. And he said, okay. "How is he so awesome? Why are his eyes so dreamy? And when is he going to write a novel?" <laughs> <laughs> so I don't uh, know how you want to deal with those. <laughs> well, I mean, the first one is uh, just obvious, so I don't <laughs> even answer that. One. I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't even remember the second question. What was the second question? The second question was, why are his eyes so dreamy? Oh, sorry. I was saying, sorry, that's really arrogant. I meant the second question is obvious. I don't, I have no answer to the first question. Oh, how he is so awesome. That was. Yeah, I'll, that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and when am I going to write a novel? I'm actually writing, uh, I'm I'm working on a book right now. Uh, basically, I'm I'm a, I'm a, a sort of a hobbyist photographer shut photographer shutter bug mm-hmm. um and i'm working on basically a photo essay kind of journal uh, which may sound really boring to folks but basically i'm i'm taking um some of my photos um and just uh, in imagining maybe a storyline that, that goes with it just sort of using the image and imagining a back backstory to it, uh, and it'll be short little, um, short small essays um, with with a photograph. So it's a photographic essay book that I'm working on. Nice. Um, so that's I, I don't know that I'm a novelist, but that'll be that'll be a start to a, a, a book. I, I think that's a that's an interesting idea though. That'd be cool. A friend of mine, uh, Dell Baker, who's a really good drummer, he. Uh, yeah. Years ago, um, took a bunch of pictures, and they ended up putting them in the book for the City on a Hill companion book. And uh, yeah. it was kind of neat seeing his his pictures in there with other people's stories, kind of all around. That was pretty cool. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, well, we'll look forward to that book whenever it Thanks. comes out, and maybe you can yeah. maybe you can come on the show again and and tell us about it once it's published and comes. Oh, out. So I would love that. I'm going to be working on that all winter. So awesome. Uh, well, we had another question too, and I'm not I'm not sure if this is a person you know or how it goes. But the question was, would you, would uh, you consider going on tour with Larry Potter? <laughs> I know who asked that question. <laughs> that was Brian Spillman. Was oh, Brian. <laughs> I, um, yeah, Brian. Uh, I mean, yes. Uh, would I go on tour with Larry Potter? Um, absolutely. No, I don't know. I, because he would, uh, I would have to open for Larry. Is basically what would happen. Um, because Larry would steal the show. So yeah, sure, I'd go on. I mean, it would be, yeah. Larry Larry Potter, by the way, is Harry's little brother. Oh, okay. I was wondering if there was a Harry connection there with all oh, that. There is. They're, uh, they're 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 you're quite different people. <laughs> leave me in that. Well, that's funny. Well, let me ask you this, because we're, we're getting low on time, and is there a song that you would like me to play to end out this podcast today that you find to be either one of your favorites or one that you would like fans to hear more than any other? Man, I really love The New Year. The New Year. Uh, okay. The New Year. Um, I, the, the song kind of is a bookended the album, uh, Birds, with a song called The Old Year, which was the very first song I wrote in, uh, for this record. Um, and then New Year was one of the later ones that I wrote, and I and it just sort of bookends the album and sort of is just I love what Ben Shive did to this song, and I love the song. Um, it's just one of my favorites, and I really thoroughly enjoy it. So. Perfect. All right. Well, I think what we'll probably do is open with one of your songs in the interview and close with that song. So may, maybe we'll even bookend it. Maybe we'll start with the old year and end with the new. So that's great. Well, anything else that you would like to to tell listeners today? Um, I know you're going to have a lot of uh, people interested in your music after they hear more of it on the podcast. And um, I do want to refer people to ericpeters.net. But anything you would like uh, listeners to know um, in relation to your music or anything right now? Uh, No, just uh, thank you for 
uh, going along with me on the journey. Yeah. Well, it is uh, it is truly a pleasure. And let me just say to um, just to affirm you a little bit because as as one who also has self-hating voices in my head at times, um, I I just want to affirm you as an artist and just say thank you because uh, you you are the real deal for one thing, but your um, your your journey shines through in your music and uh, even just the brief time that we got to talk um, after the show with Andy a few weeks ago and even today I just I feel like I can feel your heart um, coming through in conversation and also in your music so uh whatever whatever we can do to affirm you in that and just say we appreciate you so thank you so much thank you very much rick i appreciate that all right well we're going to stop the recording right about here well again that was eric peters a great guy a wonderful talent you can go to his website ericpeters.net you can get his music, you can get artwork, you can get other merchandise. Please go and support him because uh, he is an amazing artist. And uh, I think that, uh, I don't know, I just think he's almost a prophetic voice. And I don't know a better way to say it than that. I really appreciate um, all the, the ways that he allows his heart to shine out through songs and his honesty. And can't say enough about him. I, he's a great guy, and I just want all the listeners of Voices in My Head to do their very best to support him. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more music in the coming days. As great as his music is now, I just feel like we probably have only scratched the surface of his creativity. So, uh, ericpeters.net. We're going to close with his song, The New Year. And I uh, hope you enjoy it. I wish I could share every song on the album with you, but tell you what, you do that for yourself. Go buy his music. Share it with a friend. Maybe give it away as a Christmas gift this year. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head. I wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy Advent, and a Merry New Year. Blessings to you. This is the year that something changes, but nothing ever does.
You've been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. And I'd love this to be a community experience. So if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.